You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm Kenny Ortiz. This is Theology for the Rest of Us, recording and coming at you from the great land of Mickey Mouse. That's right, Orlando, Florida. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of the loyal listening base of the podcast. So glad to have you. This is episode 243, and we're going to be talking about prophecy. Uh, No doubt, uh, when we talk about prophecy or things related to prophecy, it uh, it tends to be or can be a little bit... Uh, a little bit divisive and controversial to some extent, so I'll try to do it in the most diplomatic and ecumenical way possible. Uh, before I get to the content, just to let you know, uh, you can visit our website to check out all of our old, uh, all of our old uh, episodes and archived episodes. Some of the podcast players don't have all of the older episodes um, in the feed, and so I encourage you. You can go to the website theologyfortherestofus.com and check it out there. Uh, the series I did on prophecy and spiritual gifts, where I covered the role of the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues, uh, different, different gifts of the spirit and different topics that are related to gifts of the spirit. Um, I really, I really kind of tackled that in a bunch of episodes. I started in episode 85 and I did 13 episodes and went all the way to episode 98. Um, so I encourage you to check that out. Uh, obviously again, a bunch of topics related to the Holy Spirit, gifts of the spirit, including several interviews that I did with other pastors and uh, scholars and things of that nature. So I uh, encourage you to head over to our website, check out those episodes, and of course, check out any other topic if you like. Um, check out the older episodes. Again, it's theologyfortherestofus.com. And when you're on the website, you can also check out our other recommended resources. We've got a bunch of books, blogs, things like that. Check that out as well. Uh, so I got an email from a regular listener, a guy by the name of Dan says this. Let me read it to you. He says, greetings, Kenny. I've been really enjoying your Theology for the Rest of Us podcast series. I have a quick question for you. In episode 89, What's the Difference Between Charismatics and Other Christians? You seem to have indicated that prophecy was a spiritual gift for today. Can you clarify this? Does this mean God's revelation is not complete and we are still visited by prophets of God? Or how would you? Or how would this manifest itself? In other words, would the gift of prophecy look, what would the gift of prophecy look like today? This is a great, great question uh, from Dan. I really appreciate you, uh, you reaching out. Um, I, I want to just clarify what I said in previous episode. If anyone wants to, you can go back and listen to, of course, those episodes, specifically episode 89 is the one Dan is referring to. When My understanding of scripture um, is that the gift of prophecy, or when you're when you're doing when you're engaging in prophecy, you're not necessarily foretelling the future, or you're not necessarily speaking on behalf of excuse me, you're not necessarily giving us revelation. Um, that that's that's the difference. The, the the one modern scholar that I think has really articulated this well is John MacArthur. He talks extensively about the idea of the office of the prophet. Whenever you are doing prophecy, I know that that grammar is a little bit off, but that's the best way I can say it. Um, when you are engaging in prophecy or you're doing prophecy, in essence, what you're doing is doing what the prophets of old did. See, in the Old Testament, there was only one prophet 
right? To the for the people at a time, there was only one person. I mean, there were some of the prophets overlapped, but in essence, there was only kind of one person or a small group of people that could that could do what the prophet could do. So, what were the things the prophets did? The prophets. They would get up and they would challenge the people. They would exhort the people. They would rebuke the people. They would lead the people to God. They would lead them in corporate worship, lead them in corporate prayer. They would give them warnings about God. If they if they wouldn't repent, here's what's going to happen to you. Um, these are the types of things that the prophets did. Ultimately, the prophets were ordained by God to speak on behalf of God, to get up and to speak boldly on behalf of God. Now, one of the things that the prophets in the Old Testament did was they gave us revelation. I mean, they would write write the scriptures, or they would teach us things that were that we were to, we are, we are to take as absolute truth. Um, they gave us words that were that were infallible, right? Or that were clearly appropriate and accurate. And we need to heed these words. And these words are written for us in the Old Testament. And then we have the New Testament writers. They're coming along and they're doing a lot of the same things. Um, but when the, when, the, when the canon is closed and the Bible is done being written, there's no more revelation. So just, just to answer your question very clearly, Dan, when you say, does this mean God's revelation is not complete? The answer is no, not at all. I want to make it very clear to everyone. God's revelation is complete. Right. Everything that God's ever going to reveal to people, it has been revealed. If God is revealing something to you at some point in human history, it has already been revealed to people, mainly through the scriptures. Now, there are other ways in which God has revealed truth, but those ways are always in line with the scriptures. God is never going to reveal something to anyone that is true unless it is already in the scriptures, either directly or indirectly. It's already in the scriptures. And whatever God is revealing is in line with what he already previously revealed to us in his written word. I mean, I have an extreme reverence for the scriptures. I love the Bible and thankful for the scriptures. I am thankful that God gave us an incredible, one of the most incredible gifts that God has given us is the Bible, his revealed will, the revelation of who Jesus is. All those things are in the scriptures and there is no one that should be writing any more words or scriptures. That's it. The canon is closed. Now, I do believe that the, that there are people that can function like prophets. I put that in quotations. Um, basically in the old Testament, as I mentioned a moment ago, only, there was only a small group of people or one person typically at a time that could receive God's truth and then speak boldly on behalf of people. But in the New Testament, it's been expanded, right? The prophet Joel prophesied that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. And we see that in the book of Acts, men and women, Jews and Gentiles, everyone is receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Every Christian, when they come to faith in Christ, they are being baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that gives every Christian the ability to to exercise spiritual gifts. Now, God sovereignly determines who he gives what gifts to. There are some Christians that say, well, everyone speaks in tongues and I, or everyone's prophesied or everyone does this. And I, I just don't see that in scripture. I see very clearly, as I talked about in previous episodes, as I read through first Corinthians, you know, chapter 12, chapter 14, it is God who determines who gets what gift. He sovereignly makes that determination and he determines it for his glory in whatever way he sees fit. We can't manipulate God into giving us gifts we want. We can ask for them, we can pray for them, but ultimately it is God who makes a determination who gets what gift and when. And it is always for the edification of the church and more importantly, 
for the maximum amount of glory to the name of Jesus. That, that is why people get spiritual gifts. One of the spiritual gifts is the gift of prophecy, which I do not believe means that you're foretelling the future. When the Bible says that you get the gift of prophecy, I believe it simply means that you are doing what the prophets of old did. And what did the prophets of old do primarily? They would stand up before the people and they would boldly teach the people, admonish the people, uh, exhort the people, rebuke the people, challenge the people, inspire the people, lead them in prayer, lead them in worship, lead them in repentance. Like That's what a prophet's supposed to do. And there are some people that have a supernatural ability to do those things in a more powerful way than other people. That, that doesn't mean that they're more spiritual or that they're better. It just means that God has gifted them in his own will and, and he determined how to do it. He has given certain people the spiritual gift of prophecy. And that just simply means that someone is getting up and they are speaking boldly on behalf of God. In essence, Every Sunday morning, when a pastor gets up and he preaches, he is doing a form of prophecy. Right? There's different forms of prophecies. There's different genres of prophecy. Within the word, word prophecy, there's different types of things that you could be doing. So when Dan, when you ask, you know, what does the gift of prophecy look like? It just means that someone is boldly exhorting or challenging the people. Someone is getting up and saying, here is the truth. Now, because the canon is closed, because the Bible is done being written, when that, whenever that person gets up, and says, thus saith the Lord, they better be quoting the scripture. When someone says, here is the truth, they better be they better be pulling that truth directly from the scriptures. They should not be doing it from their own quote unquote personal revelation. No, we would we would we would most likely in most cases say that, that person is being a heretic. Um, or they're doing something outside of the bounds of being a prophet. Maybe they're even being a false prophet. So prophecy in general just means in our modern context, I would say this. Someone who gets up boldly and talks to the people of God to do something to get them to follow God in a better way. Whether that's preaching, whether that's getting up and giving a testimony, whether that's getting up and rebuking the people, whether that's rebuking the people in a one-on-one -on -one setting or in a small group setting or in a corporate setting. Um, it's someone who has, someone who s seemingly has the spirit of God on their life in a more powerful way so that they can do this better maybe than other people can do it. Some people are gifted to be prophets in our modern context. I don't mean they're, they're, they're bringing this revelation. I want to make it very clear. And what I don't mean is that they're telling the future. Like some of these prophets are like, oh, I see God's doing, giving you this vision and doing this thing. And I, I just, I don't buy that that's what we're, that that's what a prophet's supposed to be. Um, a prophet is supposed to be the person who challenges the people of God, rebukes the people of God, and and gives them instruction on how to come back to God and live for God, and gives them warnings on what will happen to them if they don't live for God and they don't do that which God has called them to do. Random or, or, or last thought, the, the, the spiritual gift that I do believe is still available to today that gives you insights into people's lives, the, the, the Bible refers to as, um, as supernatural discernment or, or Paul specifically calls it word of knowledge. Um, this is a spiritual gift where maybe sometimes you just happen to know something about someone without them telling you. God just gives you an insight. And in most cases, I do believe God gives you the insight, this word of knowledge, so that you can pray for the person or, or in some rare cases, maybe for you to go and encourage that person or maybe even in rare cases for you to go to that person and challenge and rebuke them. There have been moments in my life where just 
where I just knew something about someone. I'm just driving down the road and, and all of a sudden I just know something about someone. It happened to me recently. I'm driving down the road literally and just this thought comes in my mind, hey, this person is having a tough time dealing with um, with some with some sadness in their life. So I just started praying for that person. And then I sent that person a text message, you know, a couple days later and just said, hey, just let you know I was praying for you on you know, Tuesday morning. And the person texted me back and was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I was, I was so in that moment, um, you know, my, my dad had just died and I was really dealing with, um, some anxiety and depression over it. And man, I really felt God's presence in my room that morning. And so just thank you. Like, I really believe in that example that God just gave me, uh, the Holy spirit came to me and gave me a, a you know, a word of knowledge to pray for my friend. And that when I prayed God, the father in response to my prayer, then orchestrated the events of that person's life in that moment. So that they would feel and tangibly experience uh, God's sweet, gem- gentle, comforting spirit. And so God was able to then through the power of the Holy spirit, bring me into the story. And he used me as a part of, you know, of, of what he was doing in that person's life, which I don't, Man, God is so gracious. He could have done it without me, but he chooses to bring me into the story because God loves doing things through his children and through his people. And he doesn't have to do that, but he chooses to. And it's awesome and it's beautiful. It's just, it's it's just incredible that we get that we get to be a part of it. And so I think spiritual gifts are a big part of how God uses us for the encouragement and, ex- and exhortation of the people of God. That God uses um, our spiritual gifts to challenge one another and to and to to warn one another, to rebuke one another, and ultimately to build each other up, so that we will be edified, and so that we will so that we will look more like Christ. The body of Christ is designed to have sweet, great community, to share things together, and, and a big part of that is sharing each other's spiritual gifts, like using your spiritual gifts for the edification of other people in the community of God. And that, my friends, I just think is just a wonderful thing. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Dan, I hope my hope my episode answers your question. If it doesn't, feel free to email me and I'll, I'll try again, I promise. Uh, to anyone else, if you're interested in, uh, in shooting me an email because you want me to address a particular question or topic, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email or tweet at me. The address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. I'm a pretty big fan of Twitter. I love tweeting. I love connecting with people there. So feel free to find me on Twitter. Thanks again for listening. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.